Actor Benedict Cumberbatch becomes a real-life superhero, helping save a cyclist from muggers. Also, Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort, was caught tampering with potential witnesses and may lose his bail. Plus, a former high school dean gets 25 years for shooting his former student. That story gets really, really weird. But that one and the other ones I just mentioned weren't quite weird or big enough to get into the top 10 as chosen by you with the help of our social media friends. So what's in the top 10 this week? We'll find out in mere moments from the weekly wrap-up countdown from This is a Conversation for the week ending June the 9th, 2018. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I am the host for this show and the man behind the things going on at thisisconversation.com. It's a website. It's a social media movement. It's a whole lot of things where we, you, I, and the rest of us in the world use social media, Facebook and Twitter specifically, to track what stories, what news stories are really hitting this week. Now, we watch a lot of news. All of us that are into this thing are really into news and news stories and headlines, but often we get a bit frustrated with what gets stuck as the headline news because a story can be breaking in the morning, still breaking three days later, apparently. So we ask you out there, the people in the world as the community, to help us figure out what stories in the week, eight days or so from Friday to Friday, are the top stories that really got people's attention, got people paying attention and got people really interested in it. So to be a part of the whole show and to be a part of the voting, if you will, all I have to do is follow us on social media. For Facebook, look for This is a Conversation. And, of course, make sure we are going live in your feed. Don't hide us in your feed, of course. And then for Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Find us, like us, love us, share us, hate us, reply to us, do what you want to with us and the stories as we post them from various news sources, various different websites. And the ones that get the best response, the greatest response, the most response, gets put into a listing at the end of the week for the top ten. Now, we'll go over that in the first segment. The first 10 stories are the ten top 10 stories from 10 to 1 as per you. In the next segment, we'll do some housekeeping and talk more about our plans on splitting the top 10 into uh, 10 and 5 or 5 and 1 and, and all that stuff, plus some details on some things that are how things work, including how some of the stories that literally broke this morning made its way so high into the top 10. We'll talk about those coming up. And in the final segment, we will go through the almost irrelevant story of the week. That's the story at the very bottom from when we started the, the tabulation. As normal, it's a story that was one of the last ones posted this morning, and but we did get 161 specifically different responses this week. So that seems like a high number. Apparently, our potential to post is much higher than I originally thought. So we'll see how well we can maintain that pace. In the meantime, we'll go through that one. Plus, we'll talk about the stories that didn't quite make it in the top 15. And then we'll go over as many headlines as possible till we run out of time for the show. So, as through that grand explanation, or at least an explanation, your point of grandness is based on your opinion. Let's go ahead and get into some of the stories for this week, starting with story number 10. This story, with the headline, IHOP is changing its iconic name to IHOB, was posted on Tuesday, June the 5th. We got it off of Esquire. That's where we got it. And, of course, the Internet's went nuts on this one. This is a very short write-up that they had, so we're going to read basically the whole thing. IHOP, the scene of many 3 a.m. drunken stacks of buttermilk pancakes and not much else, is rebranding. As you and every other American within spitting distance of a strip mall knows, IHOP stands for International House of Pancakes, but the chain announced Monday it was replacing the P with a B and becoming IHOP, the International House of 
something. You may ask, what could the more integral to the core of the brand than P for pancakes? Bacon, biscuits, bruschetta, LeBron, Butchinala? Our money is on the incredibly okay option, breakfast. Are we falling for a massive PR stunt that ends up being a hoax? Probably. Guess we'll find out Monday, June 11th, when the new and probably not improved IHOP reveals itself. Now, as we said, the Internet and people across the world, uh, even though with this more of American thing, but people went nuts over the International House of Pancakes, which was branded that way back in the 70s, changes its name and apparently updating its style for the 2000s, for the 21st century. We'll see if this is a real stunt or a real deal coming up in a few days from now. And that's going to be the 11th of June. Coming in as the number nine story this week, headline, prostate cancer drug Keytruda shows positive results in a few men during first clinical trial. Posted this on Monday, June the 4th. A bump of response, that's how many more people responded to this positively or in general from Facebook and Twitter, 2.73% moving on up there. Now, the story we pulled was from USA Today. Here's a few lines from that right up. A new prostate cancer drug, Keytruda, showed promising results in the first major clinical trial to test immunotherapy in some men with advanced prostate cancer. Researchers from the Institute of Cancer Research and from Royal Marsden NHS Foundation Trust in London gave 258 men with otherwise untreatable cancer the immunotherapy key agent Keytruda. After a year, 30% of the men were still alive and 11% are still receiving the antibody because the cancer stopped growing. Only 5% of the men in the trial saw the tumor shrink or go away after treatment. So this is all, of course, a good thing. And something that I didn't really notice until I started working on the, the list for this week was Keytruda is one of the newer commercials that seems to be going across the world. And I noticed the the commercial mostly because it was kind of cool and quirky and the way the key was in the name of the thing. So that struck out as a noticeable commercial. Now putting two and two together with a good trial here, they're going to start producing it or pushing it more, and we'll see if more people get into clinical trials and more people start getting prescribed this per doctors who think this might be the right way to go. Our number eight story this week is a virtual tie with the nine stories. No bump in response from these raw numbers, but it gets a slight bump in its placement due to some extra engagement numbers that come into the algorithm. The headline is, Main man killed protecting young athletes after woman drives her car across a league baseball field. Posted on Sunday, June the 8th, the, the story we got was from the Daily News in New York, New York Daily News. And so this story got a little weirder, but let me read a couple lines from the story originally posted. A main woman drove her car through a baseball field while the Little League game was underway, fatally striking a 68-year-old man shielding terrified young athletes. Carol Sharrow of Sanford was arrested Friday night and charged with manslaughter in the death of Douglas Parkhurst, WGME reported. Authorities have not revealed the motive for the incident. More than 200 people were seated in the bleachers at Goodall Park when 51-year-old driver spread onto the field during Sanford, Maine's Little League baseball games just before 7 p.m. Witnesses witness video sees coaches and players jumping out of the way as Cheryl zips around the diamond before crashing to a closed gate and then making her way towards another entrance. No one on the field was injured, but Cheryl did hit Parkers, who died en route to the hospital. Now, the story gets even, even weirder. Number one, the the person committing the crime, that was, of course, Carol Sharrow, uh, has been dealing with drunken driving incidents before. This is not her first time doing something crazy like this, and not the first time she was picked up for it. Unfortunately, this one was a more serious and deadly one. Now, 
here's where it gets really, really weird. The person that she killed, Douglas Parkhurst, he was a man with another man who was working to close one of the gates to make sure she didn't get from one of the baseball diamonds to another one, keep her essentially locked into one before she was stopped. He was hit trying to close that, that gate, which did essentially stop her from going through to another baseball field with smaller kids playing. Douglas Parkhurst himself killed a person in a drunken driving incident almost 30 years ago. He he pled it out a long time ago, but within the last 10 years or so, he actually admitted to the crime and was basically had been dealing it for all this time. And so this is a weirdness where someone's past literally comes back to haunt them in a scary situation like this. So our thoughts and prayers goes out to the families of all the kids who had to deal with this, the family of Douglas Parkers, who've lost a member of the family, and, of course, the family of Carol Sherrill, who was dealing with the aftermath of what she did. We'll see how this whole thing plays out in the next upcoming days. The number seven story is a simple headline, but a pretty big response, jumping response of 12.39% from the number 8 and 9, because they're basically tied. The headline is, No Gays Allowed sign put up at hardware store. Posted on Thursday, June the 7th. This one sourced from USA Today. Here is the story as we got it on that day. Following the Supreme Court's 7-2 ruling in favor of a Colorado baker who refused to make a wedding cake for a gay couple, an East Tennessee business owner is celebrating by reposting a sign that reads, No Gays Allowed. Jeff Amix, a Baptist minister and owner of Amix Hardware and Roofing Supplies, originally posted a sign in 2015 when SCOTUS ruled to permit same-sex marriage across the country. Amix claims that gays and lesbian couples are against his religion. Following the ensuing backlash, Amix took the No Gays Allowed sign down and replaced it with a sign reading, We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone who would violate our rights of freedom of speech and freedom of origin, according to, of course, USA Today. Our number six headline brings plenty of rejoicing among the gingers around the world. Headline is Redhead Emojis to Launch Alongside Cupcakes and Bagels. Tuesday, June the 5th, the day we posted this with a bumper response from the seventh story of 12.6%. The headline and the story we pulled came from STV.TV. Uh, here is the basics of the story. Emoji depicting ginger people will be officially launched on Tuesday. Cupcakes and bagels also featured in Unicode's Emoji 11.0 update, as well as lobsters, a toolbox, and a toilet roll. A total of 157 new symbols will be added. The site Emojipedia showcased them in a YouTube video, which showed lots of new videos, including the redheads. After the update, a total of 2,823 symbols will be available, but users will be advised the new symbols will not be immediately visible as different mobile systems and operating systems will need to update before they can support them. So your love for gingers now grows on your mobile, but slowly make sure that your carrier is ready for the big update. Serious situation showcased in five, the five headline for this week, several dead as Guatemalan volcano erupts. This one we posted on Sunday, June the 3rd. Bumper response from the sixth story this week is 8.39%. The source from this one comes from the BBC News site. Here is the updated version from where we posted originally. Guatemala's most violent volcano eruption in more than a century has killed 62 people, officials say. Dozens more are missing, the country's disaster agency says, and is feared that the death toll could could rise. Villages on the slopes of Fuego Volcano were buried in volcanic ash, mud, and rocks during Sunday's 16-hour eruption. Pyroclast flows, which are fast-moving mixtures of very hot gas and volcanic matter, 
rushed down the mountainside in Gulf Villages. President Jimmy Morales has declared three days of national mourning. If you got a chance to see some pictures of this this devastation, it was uh, amazing. We've been watching for weeks, I believe 40 days or so, as the continuous eruptions of the volcanoes in Hawaii have gone. This just adds to the fury of the world, reminding us that Mother Nature can be a mother sometimes, showing what happened when this, which was caught straight out of the blue, and the devastation it quickly gave to the folks there in Guatemala. Another explanation of why I wait so long to go ahead and post the results for the day, where we go from Friday to Friday, that Friday morning to the next Friday morning, comes from this headline here in the number four spot, which didn't need much time to gain its traction and get into the countdown for this week. And it will probably be a number we'll have to keep on going, may keep, may actually add it for next week, make sure it's there, just because it may get that massive and extend. The headline, CNN's Anthony Bourdain dead at 61. The source we got this from was the CNN uh, website, as most people were citing them, citing them as the source for the morning. Posted as recorded this Friday, June the 8th. Uh, this one was a very big, quick response to make it to the fourth spot in all of a matter of maybe three hours before we started doing the tabulations. Jump in response from the five story of 6.45%. Here's a few lines from this story on CNN. Anthony Bourdain, the gifted chef, storyteller, and writer who took TV viewers around the world to explore culture, cuisine, and the human condition for nearly two decades, has died. He was 61. CNN confirmed Bourdain's death on Friday and said the cause of death was suicide. Bourdain was in France working on an upcoming episode of his award-winning CNN series, Parts Unknown. His close friend Eric Rippert, a French chef, found Bourdain unresponsive in his hotel room Friday morning. Uh, added to this, which didn't make it into the top ten, the news about Kate Spade this week, who, of course, also uh, su- committed suicide early the, this week, and a lot of the focus right now on mental health and mental health issues. So right now, this is becoming way too much of a not normalcy to repeat this over and over again, but you probably can't do it enough. Last month, May, was uh, Suicide Prevention Month or Mental mental Illness Awareness Month. Uh, this month is not, but with the, these two deaths early, it's not a bad time to remind folks about the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Its phone number is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255. You can go online at suicidepreventionlifeline.org, or as I've been telling people essentially for days, call a friend, call an enemy, call random strangers, call someone to talk to, because the permanent solution to whatever is has you in a funk right now is not a permanent solution. It just makes things worse for those who have to survive on. Once again, Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273-TALK. The highest-ranking Twitter story this week came pretty quickly after we wrapped things up on Friday last week, June the 1st. And so that's when we posted it, June the 1st, around, I'd say, right before lunchtime, my time. The headline is, Payment Chaos as Visa System Crashes Across Europe Stopping Credit Card Transactions from Working. This has a bump, a response of 24.24% from the four story from this countdown. Let me give you a couple lines from the source that we got it from, the Daily Mail of London. Visa has apologized after system failure prevented card payments across the U.K. and Europe. Card users hit out on social media last night as they were denied payments at pubs, supermarkets, and shops and were forced to wait in long queues at cash machines. 
The company said it fell well short of its goal to ensure cards work reliably at all times, but assured customers this morning that Visa was operating at quote-unquote full capacity again. Drivers also faced difficulties getting into Wales because the card system was not working on the Severn Bridge. As the UK, where 95% of debit cards run on Visa Network, faced chaos on Friday night. It was a nightmare, if you will, for Fridays for people in, in Europe, London, specifically the UK, as, as you can say. A reminder of our dependence on technology and on paperless systems for money becomes a nightmare when those paperless systems decide they're not working. I guess if Skynet's going to attack us, they probably won't actually attack us directly. They'll just cut off our money and work from there. That would probably be a more effective way of taking us out, to be honest. Now, while it doesn't roll off the tongue quite so giftly, lions, tigers, and a jaguar is what actually happened as they escaped the German zoo in Lumbach. This happened also on Friday, June 1st. Uh, this one gets a bumper response from the two from the three-story to the two-story of 53.17%. So let's give you a couple of headlines, a couple of lines from this one, also from the BBC News, but with an updated twist to the initial action or in action, if you will. Two lions, two tigers, and a jaguar reported to have escaped from a storm-hit zoo in western Germany never left their enclosures, it has emerged. A search was launched and residents told to stay indoors after floods swept through the zoo in Lumbach, leaving the animals unaccounted for. The big cats were found after waters receded, still in their enclosures. A bear that did escape from its enclosure in the privately owned Zeifel zoo, Eiffel Zoo was shot dead, officials confirmed. Andres Cooper, male of the municipality of Artsez, said zookeepers lost track of the big cats during the storm, but later located them still in their enclosures with the help of a drone. So there was plenty of fear and panic for the missing cats who were just missing, not on the loose. Of course, the bear did not get out so well in that exchange. And our number one story this week on Facebook and our number one story this week on everything, the top story for this week, uh, is a story with a very tragic end. The headline, Two Climbers Dead After Fall from El Capitan in Yosemite. The bumper response from the number two story to the one story, 540%. The bumper response from the 10 story this week, that of course was the IHOP changed its name to IHOB of 1,729%. And from the almost relevant story this week, which is numbered at 161 this gets a massive bump of response of 33,433. This story we pulled, at least the source, was from a local ABC affiliate, ABC7, um, in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, so Bay Area. Here's some lines from that story. Officials say two people fell to their death while climbing the flea bass route on El Capitan inside Yosemite National Park. Park rangers say they received multiple 911 calls reporting the incident on Saturday around 8.15 a.m., Yosemite Park Rangers and search and rescue staff responded to El Capitan. The climbers were identified as 46-year-old Jason Wells of Boulder, Colorado, and 42-year-old Tim Klein of Palmdale, California. Officials say the investigation is ongoing with no further information to be released on Saturday. Fall comes after another death inside the park on May 21st when a hiker fell from the half-dome cables while hiking with another person during a thunderstorm. Our thoughts and prayers, of course, go out to the families of those who've lost lives in those those climbs, of course, Saturday, June 2nd, when we posted this, the largest Facebook response and the largest response across the entire network this week with the number one story on that. 
And that's how we do it from 10 to 1, the top 10 stories for this week as determined by you, the listeners, the viewers, the Facebookers, the Twitterers. And you can continue telling us which ones are tops and which ones are nots by just simply continuing what you're doing. Follow us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. And as the stories pop up in your feed, like them, love them, hate them, share them, respond to them, engage with the stories. And the more engagement they get, the more they're shared, the more people see them. Obviously, the higher they go up in the top 10 count. Coming up in just a second, we will go into some of the housekeeping for the week, how some things happened the way they did, and more here on the weekly wrap-up show from This is a Conversation. This is for the week ending June the 9th, 2018. Cloud9 Living has upgraded their online experience, but not upgraded their experiences. Actually, maybe that's not exactly true. Their experience was already very high, but they're making sure you get a better experience on the online experience and how to find those great experiences, how to buy those experiences. And of course, my very favorite, buying gift cards to give to other people so they can have those experiences and you don't have to be anywhere nearby because some of them are kind of scary. You can drive race cars. You can fly hot air balloons. We're going to do something more basic like just have a beautiful day on the golf course in some of the most beautiful places in the world. Cloud9 Living has the best sites for excursions, for adventure, for danger. That's control, of course. And for you to enjoy yourself living on, quote, unquote, Cloud9. Let us help you get the great Cloud9 experience for a deal on gift cards. Follow our link at our website, thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. That's cloud and numeral nine. Thisisaconversation.com slash cloud and numeral nine. Go to Cloud9 Living, buy a gift card, and give a gift of adventure to any adventurous person you want to, and you can enjoy them, enjoy themselves from the safety of wherever you want to be. Cloud9 Living has the best experiences and you can get someone a great experience or take it yourself if you dare go to our website this is conversation.com slash cloud nine living or click on the sponsor button and you can find the links to cloud nine living Taking care of some housekeeping here for the weekly wrap show here from This Is Conversation. I am Jake Payne. This is for the week ending June the 9th, 2018. And we were able to get through that pretty quickly. I'm rather surprised how quickly we got through that. If we could do that more often with interviews, we'd have plenty of time to make things work out. I guess it's unfortunate we don't have an interview going on this week or we'd have a chance to test it. So let's get through a couple of the housekeeping things uh, pretty quickly, I would say. And then we will go on to segment three where we'll get to the almost irrelevant story 161 and wrap up the top 15. Plus get through a lot of headlines, looks like, as time is aligning on the day. Now, we talk, let's go back from top to bottom. We'll go from the number one story. And down, we'll talk with the specialness of that one. The number one story this week with the climbers in, at El Capitan was such a massive Facebook response. It was not any, even more close to last week when we had the Memorial Day issue with the Arlington Cemetery. It, that was bonkers. But this was such a massive Facebook response that it made the difference. Actually, nothing else made any difference, to be honest. It was so far away. As, as I said, 540% higher than the number two story. Everything else was more or less in a general range. 
even though the two and the three story were pretty high. Uh, it was amazing how high this went through, and this seemed like a fairly uh, obscure, if you will, story. But it did pop a lot of a lot of attention instantly for that day. It posted on Saturday. What was much going on? So a lot of people gone around that for social media. Didn't get a massive amount of Twitter response, but the Facebook response was so massive it was just just there. Now we had the story, like we said, about the lions and tigers. It got updated because everyone was worried about the missing lions and tigers and jaguar only to find out that they weren't missing, and that slowed things down. That got a lot of response on both ends, and it was able to pump ahead of the highest Twitter story of the day, or the weekend, I should say, which was the payment chaos for Visa. And that was more of a problem for the European side, and probably another example of how we do have a good number of European listeners and, and subscribers into the system. I'm not sure exactly how that happened, but it it does. When a big story happens uh, away from the States, a, a, a rarely big story, it gets a lot of attention. And when some sort of minors thing pops up, if it hits the right time, the right area, and the right people pick it up, it's amazing at what, what picks up. That was one it picked up uh, this week on the payment chaos for the Visa system. I guess because Visa is a, a worldwide system for money, people were interested. What was really interesting this week was the Anthony Bourdain story, which was number four on the list this week. It wasn't really a massive amount of response, if you will, but it was just enough to put it in the middle of the pack uh, to make it massive enough to get into the the bottom, the top five, number four, if you will. Uh, Facebook really picked up on it really quickly. This was a story I actually woke up late this morning uh, to getting ready for things, and first thing I do is check the charts and see what happened for last night's things before going forward see what's trending ahead and you can go ahead and popping a few things in there to see what may pick up in the couple hours we have before we go on to the recording of the show and Anthony Dame Bourdain popped up I looked at what was going on I put the story out there and as I was putting there many sites had very little other than the fact that CNN would report that Anthony Bourdain had died uh, we went to CNN, used their story because it had the most information. I'm sure they've updated a couple times since we've actually posted the original. But now it's a major thing going through all social media as I'm reviewing it while we're recording. Uh, I've already recorded a couple things on my various accounts dealing with the suicide prevention hotline and things like that. But you're seeing plenty of things going on as this is a major story, just like Kate Spades was uh, a couple of days ago when that happened. And it was still a big story. It probably would still be a larger contention what's going on if it weren't for the fact that now the story is merged with Anthony Bourdain, who is, if not a part of her story being told these couple of days, his story will, of course, continue on to the further end since it's the newest, freshest story in the batch. Everything else was kind of a kind of a general, regular mishmatch of stories of the week. Nothing was all that crazy. And some of the more insane, the bigger stories, as always, didn't actually rank high enough to really get noticed. There were some pretty big stories. If you go down from 26 to, to 25, or 16 to 25, you'll see some pretty big stories, major headlines that really make a difference in the world, at least in our world here in the States. A lot of Trump and G7, G8, G6 nonsense, if you will. But nothing that was really out of the ordinary, nothing that was really earth-shattering in the ways of anything big. Now, we do have to get to the stories that rounded out top 15. Most of those are stories that were mainstream stories for here, kind of curiosity stories uh, for the most part that may mean something in pockets of places. But 
Nothing that was, well, one that was kind of really, really big. The rest of them are kind of pocket stories and specialized stories based on what you follow in the news. And none of those stories had any massive swings in their numbers. A good mixture of Facebook and Twitter responses from all those stories gave them the top 10 through the, or top 11 through 15 ranking. And and to be totally honest, we also have a virtual tie in 13 and 14. Those two stories with the same amount of added response. Just a slight bump for the 13 based on just a little bit tad more engagement as, as, as a, uh, you know, within the apps as opposed to just the massive response. How many people actually got a chance to see it? So that is basically the housekeeping for the day on how things worked out. We're still working on finding the perfect way to split. Monday, we'll just basically do it. We'll split the numbers in the top 10, going from 10 to 5, take a break, then go from 5 to 1, take a break, then do whatever we'll have for what is this segment. Probably stay as the housekeeping. And then the fourth segment, we'll do some shout-outs, the the almost relevant story, and, of course, some headlines. We'll trim some things up, make things a bit more tiny, and hopefully – keep things moving, be able to keep things on the pithy part, keep things moving with time. Time has been a bit of struggle when you're free free flowing with the headlines and not going full script. Writing the scripts takes a lot of time, so it's, you know, it's time sense of getting the thing done, getting it out. So a lot of it is me working on me. A lot of it is me working with you to tell me what's the best things out there. So you can give me all the love and response that you want to so we can make this thing the best thing going. Send me an email to personal email address at jclevelandpain at gmail.com. You can send us things via the website, thisisconversation.com. And, of course, you can go to my personal website, which is jclevelandpain.net, and send messages via there as well. Plus, keep up with all other things that Jay Cleveland, that's me, could be doing. So coming up in just a bit, we'll go to the story at 161 this week. Plus, we'll round out the top 15 and get in. Looks like a whole lot of headlines today. So we'll talk a lot of extra stuff on today's edition of the weekly wrap-up show from thisisconversation.com. This is for the week ending June the 9th, 2018. Pulse handles all your smart device needs, all your smart device needs, and all your home for your smart device needs. So that turns your regular home with smart devices into a smart home via their help. They're there for same-day installation of all your devices to get them all talking to each other the way they should be. So your video doorbell is talking to your smart watch, which talks to your tablet, which talks to your smart TV, which is also chatting with your smart refrigerator, and everything else that's smart. Of course, your smart lights and your smart devices everything's all everything's literally all connected these days so they can come in and they can set up things including just putting the tv on the wall making sure it's connected to the right networks make sure everything is optimized to the best ability of you and your stuff your smartphone your smart speakers your smart watch smart tvs everything that's smart can be taken care of by pulse and of course they can set up an appointment to just come by and fix some things that are broken, i.e. that phone screen that's been busted for a while and you can't figure out how to deal with. They still do that. They still fix cell phones. That's how they start out with simple things and moved into larger stuff. And you just need to contact them to see how much of your smart home they can help you take care of 
in a jiffy. It'll take care of all pretty much at one stop or as quickly as need be as you add to your smart systems. Simply go by our website, thisisaconversation.com slash pulse, P-U-L-S is how they spell it. Thisisaconversation.com slash pulse for a great deal to set up home installation, same-day home installation of all your smart devices, plus maybe getting a couple things fixed while they're there. Check them out. They are Pulse. We find ourselves with lots of time, and at least relatively lots of time for today. So let's start off with some shout-outs. We'll get some extended shout-outs today. Uh, starting off with some Twitter shout-outs, people who have signed on or just have been responding to things on Twitter. Scott Maltz that signed on fairly recently. Also, Entrepreneurs GSD, New Evolution, doing a lot of work responding to some stuff, as well as folks like Polly T., Kareen Doubt, we have PRMMA surge, Plastic Surgery, so you get a quick shout-out for you guys right there. Also, AARP Goddess, who is blowing things up and you know, following her Mets and keeping up with them, plus just keeping up with what we have going on. We thank you so much for caring, to be honest. It's really glad, glad to know that we have the folks there keeping up with that. Also, we have some things going on with people on the Facebook side. Don't want to forget some great people here. Uh, John Karen as one. Also, Daniel Lassart, uh, Alicia Wolf, Kate Barrett, uh, Alice Elizabeth, and, of course, my good friend, Malinato Slim, who's always keeping up with things popping up here on the book. Thank you so much, you guys, for being a part of the conversation and keeping these conversations going. Sometimes odd, sometimes serious, sometimes just just way out there, but thank you so much for helping us keep the conversation going and keep the conversations inside the conversation going. That didn't sound weird at all. Let's talk about our story at the 161 spot. Yes, we didn't really get into this inside of the housekeeping where we probably should have, but it's our capacity to put these things out is it's pretty big. We we're gotten to where we are posting stories they're scheduled about every 50 minutes and we're rarely posting anything that's in the in between the 25 minutes and then we're posting a lot of things that we're setting up to go overnight so that we can get some people who are either late owl night owls on our end or trying to catch on people on the other side of the world from me that seems to be working fairly well and i guess we had a very massive response uh, just a kind of an extra dump this week because 161 seems like a lot of different stories popping up over the week so we'll see how long we can keep up with that pace. That would be a normal pace. Uh, we thought it was around 130, 125-ish was what the norm was. But apparently we can go higher. We'll see how much that goes. Now let's get on to the story that we posted this morning, not too far off from when we actually started to tabulate the numbers for the countdown. So it didn't really get a chance to do very much in that sense, but it's probably grown a bit since then. I haven't checked it out in a while, but it's probably grown a bit since then, but probably not quite enough to make it last for next week. The headline is Bison Gore's Woman Who Got Too Close at Yellowstone. We post get this from USA Today when we were scanning things this morning. We found it. Here's a few lines from that story. A bison in Yellowstone National Park gored a woman Wednesday morning after a group of park goers crowded the animal, the National Park Service said in a statement Thursday. 
Kim Hancock, 59, of Santa Rosa, California, stood within 10 yards from the bull bison when the angered creature charged. It then immediately left the area, the Park Service said. Hancock sustained a hip injury but was in good condition after being transported to a nearby hospital, the Park Service said. The attack is the second bison-related injury at Yellowstone this year, and Hancock is the fourth person to be harmed by wildlife in the park in more than a month. Here's a quote. Animals in Yellowstone are wild and unpredictable, no matter how calm they appear to be. Give give animals space when they're near trails, boardwalks, parking lots, or developed areas, coming from a Park Service statement. The Park Service suggested visitors stay at least 100 yards away from the bears and the wolves and at least 25 yards away from other animals. I'm pretty sure that's not even close enough for me. On Tuesday, a woman was taken to the hospital after an elk kicked her in the head at Yellowstone, a second elk attack in the park in three days. An elk also kicked a different woman's head Sunday, but the Park Service said it was unknown if the same elk were responsible. They can't really tell the elk apart. Park Service said Wednesday's incident remains under investigation. Like I said, this one was posted this morning, or it was published uh, last night as we do this on June the 7th. It was posted this morning, updated um, a little while ago as I'm reading it here. So that's a bit updated to things going on with the extra stories from extra people who were attacked by the elk, of course. But what we do know is that the animals in Yellowstone are animals. They're wild. Leave them be. Don't try to take selfies. Don't try to do anything weird like that. Seriously, leave them be. Let's go through the top 15. That's 11 through 15 at this point. The number 11 story, Sherlock actor Benedict Cumberbatch saves cyclists from muggers in London. This story, oddly enough, um, also a virtual tie with the number 10 story. It's just the response engagement just slightly moved it up to out of the range. So this one has, this one would almost, this was technically a number 10 story. Uh, we're trying to keep from doing all the extra tie stories. So that's why it popped down to 11. It got ranked down there. And of course, you've heard about this story. Ben, Benedict Cumberbatch, that Benedict Cumberbatch, that guy who plays Sherlock overseas. And of course, known here in the States, mostly for the Dr. Strange role, uh, played a real-life superhero when there were muggers attacking a bicyclist in London, and he basically fought them off. That really did happen. Number 12 story this week is big for football fans, American football fans here in the States, should say. Julian Elliman is suspended for PEDs. Julian Elliman, a um, stalwart on the New England Patriots team, a team which people have for years claimed are basically a bunch of cheaters, caught cheating in a test for um, for substance abuse uh, offseason. He now has a four-game suspension to start the season, so the first four games of the seasons will be without Element 4 of uh, the Patriots. They will probably find a way to live on. Uh, they found a way to live on without Tom Brady for four games, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl. So they'll find some way to manage without Edelman, although they are pretty good with their teams as a way to shuffle in people in and out of spots. There are not too many people on that team who are indispensable, who aren't named Tom Brady or maybe Rob Krakowski, and they've dealt without him in many cases. The other players are interchangeable. They move out stars whenever they need to because they just reload. They literally just reload as things goes, goes on for that team. The number 13 story this week, Facebook granted devices from Huawei, a Chinese telecom firm, special access to social data. Facebook is getting caught with their pants down over and over and over again. And we're not sure 
if they really are doing it on purpose or just the pockets of problems are done by different people and they're slowly finding out on a grand scale who the rats are in, 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 the, in the republic. But Facebook has been found to give access, special access to people's data to the Chinese telecom firm Huawei, who, of course, is a phone company, is a cell phone company, is a telecom company. So they can, in theory, although we don't really know exactly what they're doing with the data, use it to sell their stuff to you. That's what we assume they're all doing. That's what we assume they did in the campaign. That's what we're assuming that they're all doing all over the place. Number 14 story is actually a fairly serious one. Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort, tampered with potential witnesses. This has been a problem for Paul Manafort, who has right now not quite immunity, but at least bail. He's at home on an ankle bracelet um, doing house arrest until whatever happens in his trial situation for whatever he did tied to the Russian scandal. Robert Mueller, who's, of course, doing the investigation for that, found that Paul Manafort was making some threatening calls to some people who were potential witnesses in the cases around the whole scene, plus his case in particular. No update at this point on whether his bail has been revoked, but Robert Mueller is asking to revoke his bail and basically have him sit in jail until his trial starts instead of sitting at home. And the number 15 story, I'm not going to go to the full story, but I'm going to give you the quick details from the headline. Former Boston High School dean gets 26 years for shooting a student. Now, this is a bit more complicated than that headline would lead you on, which is probably why it got a bit more response to that. It got a a healthy amount of people reacting to it. This wasn't just a former teacher uh, getting in a beef with a former student who decided to get rough with him. They had a working relationship outside of the school system. See, this former dean was actually running a drug ring, and the student was part of his ring. He was one of the guys working in his crew and came up short with some money and he shot him as drug ring leaders would do, even if they are former deans of Boston schools. He got 26 years for this offense, obviously a offensive offense. Now, as we come up uh, short on time, coming up in the last couple of minutes, I want to remind folks that this is all a labor of love on this end, but we are trying to make things a bit more profitable, make it easier and you'll keep lights on stuff like that so we appreciate all the help you can give you can visit my patreon page uh, patreon.com slash jclevenpain if you want to be a direct patron to what we have going on you can also visit any of our sponsors because we get a kickback from that as well and the big thing you can do is make sure you share the podcast and some of the posts with friends enemies and random strangers get more people in on a conversation that's the best way to make things going because if there's lots of response i can make things happen on that end as well of course subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe apple is a great place to be and we love apple subscribers and the reviews put there through apple but we know that the majority of people around the world are android users And there's plenty of Android places where you can find us. We are on Stitcher, which is the main place people listen to all the content. Uh, We are on Spreaker. We're on Google Play, whatever they're calling it these days. And we're on whatever your podcatcher may be. We're probably listed there as well. And, of course, uh, iHeartRadio, who's making a pretty strong comeback as a company. So we're pretty sure that the iHeartRadio app and its properties will be around for a while. So keep up with that. Keep up with us. And keep us going we appreciate that now we'll go through as many of these headlines as we possibly can in the time that is allotted and one more time thank you thank you thank you if i don't get enough time to say thank you again 
A Denver Uber driver fatally shoots a passenger after apparent apparent argument that which he posted on last Friday. Don't forget Donald Trump commuted the sentence of Alice Johnson from life to basically being freed after he made that that meeting with Kim Kardashian West last week. Posted this on Wednesday, June the 6th. Serena Williams had to actually withdraw from the French Open due to a injury, a real injury, before she had a chance to play Maria Sharapova. We posted this on Monday the 4th of June. Google Maps had to respond to a woman who flashed her bare breast on the platform, that being the, the Google Maps platform, not an actual platform. Posted that on Friday, June the 1st. Little Wayne was released from his cash money record deal, which means we are basically ready for the Carter Five to come out basically any day now. Kelly Marie Tran from Star Wars, from the new Star Wars, had to delete all her posts off Instagram after being harassed for months by the role she played, which apparently bothered some nerds out there who can't deal with it. I'm not sure what the deal with that is. Kanye West opened up about his bipolar problems and his mental issues in, in of course, the main overall issues of mental illness in the U.S. We all have known for years that he's had some issues, but the, the opening up in the interviews he did were pretty poignant and do go to sort of explain some of the things we talk about with Kanye. Terrell Owens explained that he is declining his invitation to the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony. And he told the world why this, the uh, Hall of Fame says they just go along with it because that is what they did. And the G7 summit, which is going on basically right now in Canada, before Donald Trump heads off to Singapore or to talk to Kim Jong-un, the G7 guys, six of them, expect to gang up on President Trump, who really, really wants him to add Russia back because he loves him some Russia. Thank you so much for joining us all week long in great conversations and joining us for conversations further. As we said, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the wrap-up every week. And just make sure you have your phones out and your browsers open to keep up with what's going on within the conversation.